this morning I'd like to offer a guided meditation on Metta and Mudita. Kate was, uh, you know, two days ago offered a meditation on Upeka and on compassion, Karuna and uh, Metta and Mudita, the two missing. And, you know, the Brahma Viharas, they are not emotions, but they are universal qualities of, of empathy, which are innate heart qualities. And through these meditations, we can train, you know, those heart qualities to be strengthened and also we can recognize them in our own hearts, which gives us more confidence that they are actually there. Even sometimes, you know, they are very much uh, clouded over, you know, by greed, hatred and delusion. Just like the sky here. You know, sometimes we can't see the sun for several days, but we do know it's underneath somewhere. And and that's the, you know, these um, Brahma-Vihara meditations, they give us like a direct experience of those qualities and then you know, when we are triggered and they are clouded over, then there is more clarity about what has just happened. You know, it's kind of a, an alarm bell going off because we, we sense, you know, the difference of the contracted mind as opposed to the wide open mind. And the Brahma-Vihara is, you know, an approach which is like embracing that which is difficult. And it's a warm, bringing a warmth to it and melting that which is difficult through holding it in this uh, vast heart space. As opposed to, you know, to the Vipassana practices, the inside practices, they're more like cool practices which are aiming, you know, to see through the projections. And the Brahma-Viharas are rather melting the projections. And they are ending, you know, they coming to the same result, which means to be with experience as it is and uh, to have also like the bodily memory, how it feels, like if the mind is wide open, then the body is relaxed and there is maybe like a, a subtle joy, you know, in the mind which is a joy which isn't resulting from sense pleasures, but it's called like a non-worldly joy, which is the result of letting go. Because, you know, if the mind has let go, then all wishes are fulfilled in that moment. Because there's no more desires there for that moment. It's a temporary liberation of the mind from, you know, wanting anything. And if we do those practices, you know, we get a, it's an acquired taste and we get more familiar with that mind state and then it's easier, you know, to get back to it. It's basically new, neuroplasticity, you know, we are building new neuropathways in the mind and then in the beginning it's hard, you know, it's like cleaning out some old line, you know, pipelines with a, with a brush. It's, it's, it's hard work. But then over time it becomes easier. And uh, to just, you know, embracing it all as it is and allowing it to settle down and find its own way of uh, come back into the flow again. And, uh, you know, there's different methods how those practices are done. Either, you know, some of the methods they're using uh, sentences, you know, starting maybe with oneself and then wishing, you know, well-being to a respected person or to a teacher or a parent or somebody who has been very you know, supportive to us and then to a friend and then to a neutral person, and then at the end, you know, to somebody um, which is called like God, God, enemy. 
and that's one way of doing the practice and uh, the method I want to share with you today is it's called the radiation practice and we were just doing I think yesterday evening we ended with the Brahma Vihara chant and that is basically the meditation instructions for radiation practice which we are doing now and we can start you know by using either a sentence or an image, you know, to bring up a being which um, catalyzes that uh, matter in our heart, you know, maybe like a, a, a young child or maybe like a puppy or a kitten or some kind of sweet something, you know, which arouses that um, feeling of metta in the heart. Or we can also use a sentence, the classic sentence for metta is, you know, may all beings be happy and have the causes for happiness. And let's just start with that. So, you know, finding a posture which we can sustain for about... 40 minutes or so. And then allowing the breath to take you into the body. Feeling the weight on the cushion on the chair. Then you can bring up an image of a sweet being. What a sentence, your male beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. As you're bringing that up, maybe you can discern in your in the area of your heart. If you want, you can put your hand there. Maybe you can feel like a, a response, ever so gently, ever so lightly, but a, a response in the quality of the heart, which is quite mysterious, you know, how that happens, but it does happen. And, you know, and just if, if it, nothing comes quiet, you know, then you just can gently repeat the sentence in your mind or hold the image and, you know, with the in-breath, familiarizing ourselves with that quality and with the out-breath, you know, gently allowing it to spread through our bodies. I'm just giving it like a few minutes to be stabilized that a bit. 
And Daniel, when we have, you know, connected with metta, loving kindness, benevolence, and then we can, you know, allow it to radiate out in front of the body without any pressure, just, you know, naturally allowing it to become a little bit stronger and just allowing it to radiate out in front of us. Then to one side. behind us and to the other side to the front, so it's all around and then also above and below, sitting in an orb of metta. And if you find it helpful, you know, you can also visualize that as a color, a pink or a green or whatever works for you. You're not really sensing into that quality. And you know, familiarizing ourselves with it. And just allowing it, you know, to naturally spread out as far as it likes to, without any pressure, beyond, you know, the walls of this hall, throughout the forest and the landscape. May all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. Not only the human beings, but all beings, the trees and the animals who live here, people. And then noticing the, you know, the quality of the mind which doesn't cling to anything, but which is like opening and embracing 
allowing as a temporary liberation of the mind through metta. So really you know, noticing how the mind feels when it is wide open as opposed you know, to a mind which is clinging around some thought, some fear. Just really taking that in and so that we remember that, you know, when we are caught, we remember that this is impermanent. And just, you know, allowing the mind to just contract and hold that with loving kindness as well. So then, you know, we can uh, shift from the metta to mudita and, you know, we can do that by simply again, you know, using a different image and a different sentence. The image, you know, would, would be maybe, you know, some kind of being, a lovely being, which 
is successful in something, you know, maybe a child, you know, is recognized for some kind of a skill in sports or in school or in the arts, or maybe, you know, like a little animal who is like for the first time, you know, flying or doing something, learning a skill, or seeing, you know, the little mushrooms growing on the tree trunks here. It looks like kind of very amazing feet. And so seeing one little being or a bigger being, you know, succeeding in something and uh, the joy, you know, which comes from witnessing that. And the classic sentence uh, would be, may all beings enjoy in a good fortune. and the causes and conditions for good fortune. And you know, and then witnessing in the heart how the quality shifts just by itself, just by the mind directing with this thought or this image. And then there's a little shift in the heart and then there's a different, slightly different quality of universal empathy which is a little bit higher up than, than the meta. At least it's how it feels to me. A bit higher up in the chest. And with the in-breath again, you know, really tasting that. And with the out-breath, allowing it to spread out through the body without any pressure. And allowing that also to, you know, spread out beyond the body into the space in front of us. To one side. The other side front and above and below us We're sitting in an orb of mudita or sympathetic joy 
for the good fortune of others. And then seeing a little buoyancy of that Brahmavihara. And then allowing it to spread out beyond the walls of this hall throughout the lands, the forest. Yeah, they're celebrating you know, the resiliency of nature. You know, who knows how to self-regulate if we allow it to, if it get out of the way. So with the in-breath really, you know, tasting that mudita and with the out-breath allowing it to spread, to radiate. And noticing, you know, the mind which doesn't cling. The temporary liberation of the mind through mudita. And then you know, allowing that the quality of mutita to, to drop and just being aware of the spaciousness itself. By listening into the space, into the silence behind all sounds. And you know, allowing that to open the mind even further. 
a limitless space, boundless space. And if the mind, you know, wanders off into thinking about something, just, you know, gently bring it back to the silence, the listening into the silence. And if that, the mind gets really caught up in something, just starting again with uh, one of the Brahma Viharas with the image. And, you know, slowly allowing the mind to open again. And then you know, letting go also of the spaciousness and just being aware of that which knows about the spaciousness. That which knows about mudita, that which knows about metta. Awareness itself, you know, making kind of a U-turn and awareness, being conscious of its capacity to know like a mirror which reflects you know, any object which is brought in front of it without any effort. Just becoming conscious of that effortless knowing. 
you know, rather than losing ourselves in the objects which are known, we're becoming aware of the knowing itself. And just, you know, resting as that knowing. Like the sky, which is wide open and boundless. And there's clouds moving through, but there's, they are known for what they are. Impermanent. And, you know, fundamentally unsatisfactory because of that. And they can't be owned, they can't be controlled. But they can be known. And this knowing, this you know, conscious knowing that's what the refuge in Buddha is. This capacity, natural capacity to know rather than to become. That's what we want to, you know, train to be more confident in. That this is always available when we remember it. And we don't have to act on what is known. We have a choice. We can just allow it to arise and cease. Like the sound of the bird out there, you know, we can know that sound, there's nothing we need to do. The same, you know, if a thought arises in the mind telling us we need to go and eat 10 bars of chocolate, we don't need to do it. <laughs> we can just notice it, you know, let it go. It's just no difference, really. And, you know, that's what we are training, this capacity to know rather than to become. And then having a choice. You know, when there is something, sometimes something needs to be done. If there is like a siren going off, you know, that there is a fire here. We certainly will do what we can to leave and help, you know, to control that fire. But if... Now bird is saying we should go out and eat 10 bars of chocolate, we don't need to do it. So the refuge is the, the knowing. Knowing that there is fear has arisen or desire has arisen. So just being the knowing, resting as that.
And sometimes, you know, we need to do something and quite often we do not. We do not need to interfere. And sometimes, you know, the appropriate response emerges into that openness. When, you know, the mud settles and the water, if we stop steering, stirring the muddy water, it would settle. And then, you know, we are soon, you know, coming to the last part of the meditation and, you know, coming maybe more back into the body again and uh, grounding, you know, in, in the midst of this forest. All of the, you know, the soil beneath us, which consists of many, you know, plants and trees and bodies of animals and minerals and all of those ancestors, which we are deeply connected to. All of those you know, species who are so much older than us and have so much more experience. 
And somehow, you know, we were not really paying attention because it wasn't yet on our radar. We've just been paying attention in terms of what we can get, what we can extract. And now, you know, things are starting to shift. As we are, you know, becoming attuned to the intelligence which resides there. And we can make space for that intelligence, you know, to inform us. Just, you know, having that intention and the respect for it. And then the humility also. Coming back, you know, to the ground, humus and humility, they have the same root. And being able to uh, have this, you know, Brahma Viharas, not just towards you know, our own species, but to the modern human world as well.
So those boundless qualities of the heart, you know, not only applying them to our own species, but to the whole modern human world. Yeah, at a time, you know, when we become conscious of our total interdependence with the modern human world. And allowing ourselves to be, you know, changed by making space for that different way of knowing. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.